Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. I'm always astonished when I get awards because I think of, of my failures. I don't think of my successes. I'm not trying to be humble. I really sincerely believe that I have so much more to go. That's Mexican-American poet and best-selling author Sandra Cisneros on WBEZ back in 2019. That was after news of winning the prestigious Penn Nabokov Award for Achievement in International Literature. Well, the Chicago native was just honored with yet another award, the Chicago Literary Hall of Fame's Fuller Award for Lifetime Achievement. The award recognizes the greatest living Chicago writers. And we've got her here right now. Hi, Sandra. Welcome back. Hi. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Well, I feel so sad that you're only in your 40s temperature-wise, and we're like double that (laughs) over here in San Miguel de Allende, Mexico, where I live now. Yes. First of all, i got to tell you congratulations, Sandra. And uh, before before we talk a bit more about the award, I want to hear about what you just teased. How's Mexico? You've been there since 2013, right? Since 2013, yeah. I I come back to the States, or I used to before the pandemic, at least six times a year, if not more. So I was always traveling back. Uh, And now this is the longest I have not been on a plane since the pandemic began. I have just been on the land, and it's, it's actually been good for my writing. Uh, it's a little sad that I'm not able to see my family or my friends, but I also have discovered the uh, innovation of Zoom, ah, and that allows yes. uh, a lot of people that I, are on different continents and different parts of the world to join me, and mm-hmm. that's been great. So you've been navigating the pandemic pretty well. I have been very lucky because I know people who have had great losses, and my heart goes out to all of them for the whole way that COVID has been mismanaged. Uh, But I I feel as if uh, it's a spiritual lesson of how interconnected we are as communities, as a nation, as uh, uh, countries around the globe, as a planet uh, with natural life and animals. It's just a spiritual lesson of waking us up to how much we are interconnected, which is what all the old religions tell us. But I think it's a lesson for our times, too, a wake-up call. Yeah. Well, let's talk about your work. Throughout your career, Sandra, you've won numerous awards and, and fellowships. You even received a 2015 National Medal of the Arts Award from then-President Barack Obama. And this past weekend, you were honored with the Chicago Literary Hall of Fame's Fuller Award for Lifetime Achievement. What was your reaction, first of all, to hearing that you were chosen for this award? <laughs> well, I always bash Chicago. Chicago's kind of like kind of like an old boyfriend or ex-husband, you know, that you've been divorced from. And you think, <laughs> oh, I can't believe he's doing this now. How sweet. It's a reconciliation for me uh, because I had such uh, negative experiences that I always write about. But now I'm 66 years old. You know, even if you've had bad experiences with a spouse or lover, when you're 66, you look at your past in a different way. You know, you have clarity that you don't have when you're angry and and young and reacting. So I thought about it, and I said, well, there's so much that Chicago gave me, and it is giving me now. 
And I wrote about that for the acceptance speech, and I realized I'm still writing about Chicago. It's part of my new book that's coming out this fall. There's a Chicago character, and Martita, I remember you. Uh, even though the story is set in Paris, the character is from Chicago and talks about Chicago. So I feel as if, you know, and I've said this before, I don't live in Chicago anymore, but Chicago still lives in me, and it keeps appearing in my work, whether it's poetry or fiction or essays. Yeah. Well, you talked about that acceptance speech. During the virtual award ceremony, you were honored with the short tributes, and, and you were joined by friends from around the globe. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was like that show when back in the early 60s and 50s, This Is Your Life, you know, it was like that, <laughs> with all these friends popping up and, and saying things like, like you were listening to your eulogy, except you weren't dead. That was the great part, oh, that boy. I could be there with my friends. Well, well Sandra, I want to play a bit from your acceptance speech. Let, let's listen. I hope the three fates will allow more string to unspool before my kite ride is over and the thread snipped. For now, I am enjoying with astonishment and gratitude these diaphanous years. Sandra, what does this award mean to you? I think it means a reconciliation. You know, I had had a lot of uh, un unresolved issues with Chicago. And to me, it's a reconciliation, a healing. Something that's been happening a long time in my life now with people and places that uh, I felt negative emotions about, that I felt sadnesses about or frustrations are resolving themselves. And I think that's a great thing about getting older, that you have the long view on your experiences in your past and people that uh, may have been difficult or cities or situations, you, you see the reason why they came into your life. Yeah. Uh, you know, I call them those exploding cigars, but we need those exploding cigars in our lives because they take us on our path. And that path took me to other cities and other countries, but it was so necessary that I was born in Chicago because it also planted a seed for writing and creativity that I wouldn't have gotten if I'd been born in Lubbock. You know, yeah. Chicago has the great museums. It has the libraries. And uh, that, you know, the Chicago Public Library and the museums, which were free for working-class people on Sundays when I was growing up, mm -hmm. they are responsible for my success. As you said, you were born in Chicago. You were the third child and only daughter in a family of seven kids. And you have described yeah. your relationship with Chicago as complicated. I think you've given us sort of yeah, but uh, the I gist. Yeah, but I had great great uh, people supporting me, you know, uh, Richard Bray's Guild Bookstore, uh, that, uh, uh, North Lincoln, and Women and Children First, they helped launch me when I was a young writer. I came into contact with other writers and people that helped uh, launch me forward. Uh, you know, I feel that, that that was all part of my education. Um, you know, I worked with other poets, and we created events, multicultural events, before Harold Washington. You know, so even before the word multicultural was around, mm -hmm. you know, we were creating events with people from different neighborhoods. And, you know, that was all part of shaping my politics and shaping who I am. I worked at Latino Youth Alternative High School in Pilsen. That shaped the book that I'm famous for, House on Mungo Street. Mm -hmm. So all my politics and my feminism, my uh, artistic career, uh, you know, I was a little seedling in Chicago, and if I had been born in some other little town, it wouldn't have happened. But it ha it, I was graced to be in a town that afforded me uh, people from all over the world, progressive bookstores, museums that were free on weekends, and uh, a great public library. 
When you spoke with WBEZ about winning the prestigious Penn Nabokov Award, you said then you were just getting started. Do you still feel that way? Yes, because, yeah, I do, because my favorite writers, you know, are the writers that wrote their their best works after 60. You know, uh, I think of people like, you know, Jean Rees. I think of people like uh, Merced Rodorreda. I, I think of writers like uh, Diana Athill. You know, there's so many writers that I love. Joy Harjo, the current poet laureate, you know, she's writing her best work, and it's when we're older that uh, we're able to gather uh, the wisdom of our years and our vision and and the experience. Because you need, you know, writing is a long distance marathon, so it's about tenacity as much as it is about talent. Sandra, you got your start in 1980. That was when you published your chat book of poetry called Bad Boys, and then after that, yes. that's when you became. Famous for your novel, The House on Mango Street. Now, well, not exactly. It took a little while. It seems like it was well, years later. Overnight, but that's not true. It took, took about 10 years. Yeah. But, you know, I have to mention and give thanks to someone who helped nurture me, a Chicago writer that helped uh, many writers, and she's our mother writer, and that's the poet Gwendolyn Brooks. She's responsible for mothering me and so many other Chicago voices and and young people who maybe never are going to be a writer, but they love and appreciate poetry thanks to her national awards that she would give children and high school students. Mm-hmm. So I, I would be remiss if I didn't mention Gwendolyn Brooks. Well, it, it's also been more than 35 years since you wrote The, the House on Mango Street. Uh, I mean, it's sold more than 6 million copies. It's been translated into dozens of languages. Why do you think that the book resonated with so many readers? You know, I think that I was able to reach non-readers as well as book lovers because it's a small, slender book. Uh, It doesn't intimidate non-readers. And it's written in a language that's very simple. So even if you grew up in Taipei or if Oslo or Chicago, people recognize something of themselves in that story. It becomes a universal story. And that's what I wanted. I never say it's Chicago in the book. I wanted uh, the reader from uh, Tokyo or Tripoli to read it and say, oh, I know these people. That's my street, too. So I was always hoping that people would discover their own story and wake up to ways in which we can uh, heal wounds in our community by being activists. So that's the real message of House is, like, don't wait for the mayor. We've got a lot of work to do Mm -hmm. ourselves. Yeah, and you talk about your inspiration from Gwendolyn Brooks, another uh, Chicago Mm -hmm. writer and visionary that you were inspired by, Carl Sandburg. What was the best piece of advice that Gwendolyn gave you? You know, she didn't give me anything spoken. She showed me how to be a great human being. She showed me because I would be in line waiting to get my book signed. Later when I got older, I would be on the stage with her. And she treated every single person who came to get uh, a few words to get their book signed. She treated each person as if they were the famous one and she was their fan. That generosity of spirit and absolute attention, you know, because you see some writers, they're just signing. They don't, they don't even look up. No, Gwendolyn Brooks looked up. She talked. 
to you, and more importantly, she listened. That connection she made with the public was one of the great lessons of my life, and I try to do that and honor her memory uh, with my audiences now. Yeah, you're you're imparting lessons too. Mentorship is, is a really big part of your life. You know, you founded two nonprofits that focus on growing the careers of, of emerging writers. Why is this well, important? You know, again, the writers have done that for me. Uh, there have been other writers that have opened doors, and uh, I feel that that's a, it's a joy. I just finished putting down a manuscript by a younger writer, Pat Aldarete, who writes about East Los Angeles gangs and growing up as a, as a gay girl in that community. In, you know, she's a fellow Macondo writer for my workshop, and I edited that book with her. We're editing it so that she can get another draft and get it published. And, you know, I feel it's a pleasure, and I, I don't mean that uh, just as a hyperbole. It really is a pleasure to work with a younger writer whose work is fabulous and you know has got to go out there because the people she's writing about need to read these stories. They need to know that they're loved and they're understood and that there's a possibility that they can escape poverty and uh, issues that plague them. So I, I love helping the writers that I think are doing great works because I know that it's going to change the readers' lives. And that's, that's wonderful to be a part of that, to know that you can uh, make change to heal and leave the planet better off than when you found it. Yeah. That's our obligation and our our uh, profession as writers. I, I do feel it's one of service. Well, this award from the Chicago Literary Hall of Fame uh, acknowledges your contributions to the literary landscape here in, in Chicago. Uh, and I'm quite certain, Sandra, that you still have many more words to write. So tell us what's oh, next. I hope so. I have so much to say, and I'm so grateful to everyone who gave me the award and Chicago. When I come into Chicago now, it's a pleasure. I miss Chicago. I'm My family's there, and there's so much that I enjoy now. I, I'm not the younger writer struggling. I'm an older writer who's celebrated now when I come back. And there are younger writers that I look to now that in Chicago that look up to me as their mother. I'm, I'm the mother of, of other writers in Chicago, and that's so great. I chose not to have children in this lifetime because I could hardly afford to take care of me, but I love having my literary family. That's wonderful. That's Mexican-American poet and best-selling author Sandra Cisneros. Again, congratulations, Sandra, and thanks for your time. Thank you. And that's today's Reset. From poets to the pandemic, from breaking news to the best spots to eat, Reset covers Chicago Monday through Friday with bonus pods on the weekends. Make sure you're subscribed and please take a few seconds to give us a rating and review. It really helps other people find us. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Thanks for listening, and we'll meet again tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the news live on WBEZ and NPR. The WBEZ stream sounds great in the kitchen on your smart speaker and anywhere on the WBEZ app. Listen every day.